Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. My name's Tim Doyle, and this is Project Sports. Enjoy the show. What's going on, projectors? Welcome back to the show. Um, today we're going to be doing a Project's Life episode with my father-in-law, so this should be a good one. So Project Life, if for those of don't know that listen predominantly to just sports on this channel, uh, from time to time we'll have someone on the show that we don't talk about sports at all, sports, and we just talk about life. And here we are on a Project's Life episode with my father-in-law. Welcome to the show, Chris. Hey, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is <laughs> this is going to be a blast. So we're just hanging out on a Saturday. Uh, I just moved up to Bangor, Maine, and the in-laws came up for a visit just to hang out with the kids and the fam. And so we said, "Hey, we have some topics. Let's uh, let's dive into an episode." Um, last night I learned about the Duck of Justice from your wife. <laughs> yes, I don't even know too much about it. <laughs> me neither. I've been trying to figure out. How this kind of came to be, but I guess this viral thing where in Bangor you can go visit this duck, take pictures. I tried asking your wife what it was; she was ignoring me. Just wanted me to show yeah, me the pictures yeah, of the duck. That's kind of how it works. <laughs> <laughs> but you can actually buy apparel already online from yep. whatever this thing is. It, I don't even know the name of the, the the police chief or whatever it is, but um, you know he just he, he's. A really popular kind of becoming a, a local favorite guy. He he, his big thing is is um, you know, there's three things that you have to do in life, and, and, and it's just be nice to each other, don't touch my stuff, and don't touch me. You know, don't touch me, don't take things that don't belong to you, and be nice. And it kind of sums up if we do those three things. So he's got a cult following. Yeah, you know? we got to cultivate that into like a way of like Facebook, so people don't, you know hurt each other on the internet <laughs> as far as their their uh, their web experience that, that yeah. that's pretty that's a pretty good pretty good thing i mean yeah we all respect those things about ourselves so you know why not yeah but, I, had uh, to, I had to jump into i just got rid of social media because um except for texting except for you were texting yeah you hear that? yeah i heard that <laughs> but, uh, i got rid of my social media because it just i started seeing a side of family, friends, people um, that I, I didn't want to see, you know, it, yeah. Marisa's like, well, if they're like that, you know, you, you can't talk to them, and it's like, no, I just don't want to know that about them, <laughs> yeah. know, I, you know, and I, I think you're right, you know, the yeah. Facebook culture. Facebook you know? needs something like that, too, because it's just, like I said, I did it for a year, and not only just for not wanting to know different things about certain people, or... I'm, I'm there and I'm not even interested in a sharing and I'm only using it just to see what other people are going through. Yep. But when I took a year off from it, and actually now I'm back only for um, some ancestral.com reasons where I'm friends with people in Europe and it's quite helpful um, to not explain myself to people why I don't have a Facebook. But <laughs> yeah, I can do that, um, right? And so pretty much like those, yeah, Facebook can really, even just like they're simple, like you're chilling on the couch, you're hanging out. And then you mindlessly just go to the app, look, see if something, refresh, look, see, just like, like even that in nature, in your brain gets you annoyed, but you're still doing it. And then until like, okay, so I've been, was I, the iPhone came out in 2008, 2009, like the, the real nice ones you could start using everywhere with all like, no, yeah, touch, 
And so until now, so pretty much since I graduated 18, 19 years old, I grew up in that experience of the iPhone it being like a dominant thing, not as a young kid, which we'll, we can talk about Zennials, uh, the generation after the millennials yeah. and myself, but they even have a more of a different experience with technology. We weren't even supposed to talk about this, but we're just going to yeah, go for it. Because <laughs> it's actually it's, going it, there. Yeah. And so the, it's tough to really, for older generations, I think, to be able to look back at a younger generation and be like, why are they like this? Well, the d- these two generations are very different from others, I think, from what I've seen, because I've either, A, worked with Zennials below me or with me and then, you know, worked with my, my peers in a work setting or um, playing sports growing up, all that kind of stuff, where we definitely have a different relationship with technology than older generations do, and it has massively affected our culture and pushing even to, I think, a worse place, you know, as far as I'll keep it just to our country in America, what we've yeah. tried to build and strive for for the last 200, 300 years uh, to really project a Christ, uh, Judeo-Christian Western culture uh, presence over here that's extremely stable, and it's been kind of compromised, you know, as we've seen, and we wanted to get into the topic of 9-11, and since our country came together, we were talking a little bit about before we started, your thoughts and opinions on this, um, as far as, you know, where we were and how far we've come and where our country looks like it's pointing to and leading to, as far as, is that something that you could explain to us, pretty much, is what you were talking to me earlier about. Yeah, and, and I don't know if there really is, there's no solid explanation, I don't think. I, I think that the, in order to, to progress in an area, we have to stop looking behind us, but you have to be able to see behind you to get forward, right? You yeah. know, it's like we're talking about the, the social media stuff, and... And we get into these millennial wars. I don't even know what the next one is. What did you call them? I call them Zennial, Gen Z. Gen Z, okay. Yeah. I, I, like, I don't, we didn't even do this stuff. I know, right? I, I didn't know that, I don't even know what I am. We yeah. didn't do that stuff, you know? <laughs> when I grew up in the whole idea about technology, I get it. I love it. it. It's awesome. But we are a generation, and any generation before us is a generation when, let's just say on a Saturday morning, we left the house at 9 o'clock in the morning, and, you know, you poke your head in, maybe have supper, and then you got in when the street lights went on. I, I didn't know. Yeah. My mother didn't know where I was. Yeah. You, you know, and it, it was just a big thing. And today it's so hyper opposite. And I'm not making fun of it because I've become that. Yeah. Like, I need to, when I go to the casino and, and I hit a $40 win on a machine, I need to be able to call my wife, who's probably only one row over, and say, Marisa, I just hit for $40. It's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's... So it's... We yeah. change. We have to accept the change. Actually, we don't have to accept the change. We, we don't we have, have to, to accept expect it but, it, but we don't have to accept it. One of my biggest things would be, at least I, I've given myself this mindset of being able to learn, obtain... Uh, information on technologies that do come out so that you'll be able to help your children walk through certain things because there's a lot of things that are coming out that, you know, our generation, as far as millennials and zennials, there was no roadmap to be like, hey, only spend a certain amount of time here or do only do this here. We were literally uh, birthed into a place of like, here, hold this, this will keep you busy and people not really knowing some of the repercussions of it. Yeah. 
and we learn trial by error. But I always think it's funny. It's like, oh, there are some generations who are like, wow, we would never do this, rah, rah, rah. And I was like, you know, I guarantee if, like, literally your people were born in the 90s and went up to the millennial times and we grew up in your time, we probably would be different. So the, you know, culture really forms how a group of people are and push unless there's people out there who are striving to do, to go against the grain and be counterculture with it as far as like, you know, learning from themselves to, to take exercises like actually getting rid of your social media accounts yeah, and, yeah. and taking time off of, you know, these things that give you a lot of anxiety, pressure for no reason that don't actually give you worth and to. They don't change yeah. anything. They no. don't change anything. We're not changing each other's minds. And I'm not particularly talking about like YouTube channels that people actually make money or Instagram pages, that stuff. It's for your business Absolutely. that's different. But as far as like, there's no, besides like immediate gratification for me to you because I liked your post, like there's nothing, it's pretty much worthless. It's like a worthless little button that says like or love or upset, crying, whatever. Yeah. Like not that it's not completely worthless, but you're, if you spend too much time scrolling and looking and watching videos and doing it, you're wasting a whole bunch of experiences that could actually benefit you. Like going out to the garage and thinking, how do I build something with my hands? Or, uh, you know, how do I, you know, mow the lawn in a, in a better way this time? And spending time on like real things instead of things that are, you know, just technology based. I think you just have, there's a happy medium with all of it. And I think our generation was thrown into like, you have no rules, there's no blueprint, Yeah. good I, luck. And now it's, I feel like though the millennials are trying to grasp what they have and trying to work with it now. And then that way we'll be able to teach our kids like, you know, this is how you should approach technology when you have it. It should be something that's not so, but it's, it is a huge thing. The reason why I think that our generations, like you said, we, you guys didn't even have this like separation of different um, things. You were just always expected to be what was in front of you, behind you and just keep moving forward. But for ours, they split us all up into groups. Well, we, we, I think that we were allowed to live our own experiences. You, we, we, we just lived. You lived your own experiences. You know, like I, I know myself growing up without all that technology and stuff like that. My father, we used to call him Tony Yashika. He was just a, a camera guy. He took pictures of every single second of everybody's life. You had to stop. You had to pose. You had to. And we have all these really cool photo albums of posed pictures with very little life experience because our life experience was posing for pictures. Yeah. And now we get to this place, it's like me and Marisa, she's always like, did you get a picture of that? No. Well, I missed it. I don't think of it. <laughs> like, yeah. I, because I, I really, really, so what, what I'm saying is, because things weren't so, you know, hyper-focused on a screen or, or technology, I was able to look and say, wait a minute, my father's taking too many pictures. I don't want to do that. I don't want to miss stuff. But today, when we are learning everything from a screen in our face, yeah. we follow the direction of what everybody else is doing. Because if there's a million people doing it, then if I'm not, I must be wrong. Yeah. So without that stuff, I was able to make my own judgment. I don't want to do this to my kids. I want to live. I want to be on the floor and play with them. I don't care about the pictures. Yeah. I don't care about the 25 people that I might have cared about in high school 
if they see pictures of me with my grandkids because yeah. I don't know them anymore. Yeah. I don't know. You know, it was 25 years ago. We were all potheads. Who cares? You know, it's like... <laughs> yeah, I think that's a that's a good point, too. It's just like a lot of, like a lot of things in life. If something is either... Even if it's positive or negative, it's always good to step back behind it, take a look at it, and assess what's going on. So it's like that's what my initial thing was with getting rid of Facebook was like I can't really see because let's say my face is close to this microphone I can't see the microphone until I back up and it's like doesn't look as big you know it's got a lot of design good features but as far as like I couldn't see all that stuff when I was in Facebook I can't see like oh hey it took up too much time to not be able to accomplish some goals I had or it was something that made me feel superficial or it's something that made me feel loved or liked or all those all those little nuances of how you know you navigate the social media world and you don't really realize how maybe you attach to it or you are. Like if you ever sat in the first time, I think the first like hour, the first day, the first week, you really start to shred off. So it's like, especially some from what myself coming with that millennial generation, we definitely have that itch to always be like, oh, I just gonna do something on my phone. And then like we've expanded it like our whole lives. Yeah. And so if like I remember those like first hour moment. Even putting it in the other room, turning it off completely, which I'll, I do all the time now. I don't even think about it. But when I first started doing it about a year and a half ago, and I, I just would take it off my phone, and sometimes I'd go look for it, knowing that it wasn't there. And it was, not only that, I like hard deleted it. Like I had it um, not suspended or whatever for a time, would come back later, like literally cold. It takes about 30 days when you actually want to delete your Facebook account. Yeah. It's yeah, just exactly. in case you change your mind. Mine was 30 days gone, like, couldn't touch it. And just, like, it has this, like, weird feeling. And then, like, you're self-reflecting. You're like, oh, that's why I'm wanting to do this. Yeah, like, I yeah. can feel the pushback and in, in what I would, you know, my experience. So, yeah, it's definitely interesting that, like you were saying, um, generationally, you didn't want to miss certain things. And that's a good thing. Like, not that to say pictures are bad or people who take photos in those moments are bad. It's just something you personally chose to say, hey, I'm going to step away from that technology because I didn't like how it made me feel. I actually like being in the moment better. Yeah. yeah. And that was more meaningful to you. And which is like, which everyone should do and find that version of something that if, you're not. If, if that's something that you're passionate about, and yeah. if it's something that, that you think, you, you know, me and Marisa were talking about it, it you know, making sacrifices and, and, and um, you know, taking time and and honoring something to God, you know, and Marisa was like, you know what, I'm going to go through a season and do something difficult. She loves when she gets paid, she always takes like her first five or her first $10 and buys two scratch cards. Just once a week, it it gives her a dream. So, and I'm always like, but if you really want to make a sacrifice, a real sacrifice, get off your social media for a little bit, you know, Mm -hmm. what do you think about that? I don't think I can do that. And as a matter of fact, just like you and me right now, like since I've been off of social media, I feel that I'm much more aware of things. I'm even aware that we're doing a podcast for a bunch of people to listen to us have a conversation because people don't have conversations anymore. (laughs) It's kind of whacked, right? (laughs) And the idea of even this, we're talking about technology. I'm coming from a generation when we used to put a square black box in the middle, you hit record, play, and you just talk to each other and you hand out a bunch of tapes. That's what you did. You know, it's like... And now we could stream this all over the world you know, in an it, instant. It, and, <laughs> and, and, and why would anyone want to listen to me? 
That's the big question. That is the big question. Who the hell wants to listen to me? I always think of that when I'm recording my (laughs) podcast. Right. And yet I see the numbers come in and people do listen. It's weird. And then I think back, I'm like, oh, this one got 40 plays. This one got 80. So I've had an episode (laughs) 120. I'm like, if I launched like a whole thing like with a banner and saying I, you know, I'm going to have this night where I just talk about this random topic would 120 people like to show up <laughs> it probably wouldn't work no, no, but at the convenience of I guess you know at your time and your expense and your interest in the show yeah. you can now just click play on a phone which technology is wild yeah. these days you don't, have, <laughs> you don't have to get up off your couch to have a good time no not at all so, um, 9-11, we're, we'll circle back to that. We kind of touched on it a little bit, but we're approaching 9-11. It's uh, September 3rd. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, we, we wanted to bring it up and talk about it. But, but in particularly, not really so much the event or the day or what happened. Um, maybe just more broadly talked about, of, you know, how was our country shaped? And what does it look like now since that event? So, there was a lot of coming togetherness, um, as Chris and I talked about earlier, um, of the United States of America, even if you weren't a Christian, but a lot of Christians came together and a lot of people, we were all just one trying to fight for the same cause, which was, you know, going to Iraq or Afghanistan to pay back for things that have happened. We were attacked on our homeland. So, but after that moment, um, yeah, I, I, I feel like, you know, I was only 11 years old when that happened. And then by, you know, the year that we went to war, it's like, my, I, I remember a lot of it. I mean, that's like the pivot of my life. Like my kid's life will be COVID. Like that's right, their right, exactly. like recognition of like their big thing that changed their life. Mine was definitely 12 years old, you know, uh, September 11th happening. And then like our country was going to war. I thought I was going to war. You know, I was 12. I was like by the time you know, wars last a long time, yeah. I'll probably end up going to war. Not knowing that I actually joined the military at 27, but that's besides the point. Um, but yeah, there was such camaraderie when we, when that first happened. Not that it was a good thing to happen, but it really was something that opened up our eyes as a country. Yeah. Um, and, you know, do you have anything to add to that? Or? Yeah, I, I think that there's a, actually, just to kind of go biblical for a little second, but, you know, to me it says and it shows, you know, God does work all things together for his good. You know, yeah. that, that's a horrible thing that we did. Um, that the world did, not we did as Americans. So, but you know that was a horrible day and a part in history that um, that really did unite us. And what I'm afraid of is we we've been watching the dumbing down of this country for so long, just by the way that we're teaching. I do believe that again, social media and technology is is really hurting yeah. um, our unity in in the idea that we are united as one people under God. When I was thinking about Billy Graham, he, you know, that day, September 11th, when, you know, he said, one of the things that he said, he said, we come together today to affirm our conviction that God cares for us, whatever our ethnic, religious, or political background may be. The Bible says that he is the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles. Just think about that, of all religions, ethnics, everything. That was 21 years ago. Mm-hmm. Where are we today? We have blacks being told that they're supposed to hate whites. We have whites being told that they're supposed to hate blacks. We've got 
Christians saying that you're not supposed to love Muslims, and we got Muslims saying that you're not supposed to love Christians. I'm, I'm a Christian, and, and I'm taught to love all. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and we just heard, you know, Billy Graham say that, that Jesus came for all of us. Even if you're a Muslim, he still came for you. We got to love all, and we are so far away from that. And I do believe that social media and stuff has, has had a big impact in making people believe that they have to belong to one certain group. Because if you're a part of a group, there's always a group that opposes your group. Yeah. We've gone away from a place coming out of 21 years ago when every single face that you on that, saw on that screen, they were an individual. Yeah. That was a guy that was going through pain or that was a woman that lost her child. But now we look at things on the screen as they're part of that left group or they're part of that mm-hmm. right group or they're part of the color. You want to read that last line again from his quote real quick? Yeah. Because I think that was the something that resonated with me while you were reading it. Um, Political background. Um, I'll just read it. We come together today to affirm our conviction that God cares for us, whatever our ethnic, religious, or political background may be. The Bible says that he is the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles. Yeah, so even, yeah, that ending part, really the part that stuck with me was just like, in a, in a nutshell, it was saying, you know, we would go to him with all of our troubles. So even if like, even if it's not even from a Christian outtake or for us, it's easy to be able to assimilate with this, but like, even not like, like we were talking about in 2001, the unity that was shared between all of us, like Billy Graham was stating that we, you know, we all put like our hopes and our, our fears and cast away all that stuff to him mm-hmm. or like all as a country are like, yes, we're hurting, but we're going to band together to be, uh, more than that, we're giving it over to something else to be able to accomplish something, which is essentially what we're doing with God, where, you know, I can't handle this, you know, here's my fears, and here's my, you know, wrongdoings, and all this, I can't take care of it, you need to, you know, take care of it for me, which is, and it's it's interesting where our generation now, in 2022, that, that that's exactly the opposite of what we're doing in every way. People don't give away their fears. They don't cast away the things that they're doing wrong. You, you've gradually seen over time, people not really care as much what goes on in our culture, and they they let loose. We'll keep that broad, but and then their their own fears. When I say fears, is because they're too afraid to admit that they're wrong about something, a politically, religiously, yep. all those types of things, or about culture or a simple topic or fact. I've noticed in conversation. They are so strong about not wanting to admit that they're wrong, to say I'm sorry, to do these uh, basic things that, you know, people used to be able to do and have that freedom to do where it's like, oh, well, hey, you know, you know, uh, this political topic, you know, I'm going to stay on my side. So whether it's like, you know, abortion is like a perfect example because there's, you know, a strong yes or a strong no. And here's the reasons why. So like on one side, just being like, I'm never moving because I'm not going to take away, I'm not going to have a conversation with someone. I'm not going to be vulnerable enough to go to that other person because that's not what I do anymore. That's not what our culture, the Western culture of America does anymore, where we go 21 years ago, maybe that wasn't the case. And now it is. And it's now it's the case where it's like, I'm not giving those parts to you anymore. Just in theory, 
but you know, we're going to reserve it for, I'll figure it out. That's how we always, that's how I always feel like politically we're at in our country, like individually, like you were talking about that whole individual thing, instead of being a part of the group where you're stronger, where it's like, Hey, good luck. Because everyone has all these little nuances, even if they believe in the same thing. And yeah. things get cut down into smaller groups within the larger group, too, which makes it complicated, whether it's Republican, Democratic, all that kind of stuff. I don't A little bit of a philosophical you know, background of what I was given there, but it's pretty much how I felt about when we were talking about it before the show, how we're going to attack this. It's like, it really, we all just need to look at ourselves in the mirror and try to come up with things, like yeah. you were saying, to pull yourself back and look at how am I going to change? Like, how, how am I going to progress? One of the craziest things that I think that we go through is we're always trying to go backwards. And sometimes you just can't go backwards. There's so many conversations that, there's so many different things happening around us in this country right now that I do look at as, as when you look at decade after decade after decade, and I'm probably going to go to a place, you know, I, I don't want to talk politics because I'm really not, I used to consider myself conservative. Now I literally consider myself a F government guy. It, yeah. it, it's just so ridiculous. But we've come to a place where I am concerned. You know, we, we did have a country that was founded on religious freedom, but we've taken it to such a next level of anti-God principles. And it's happening little by little by little by little. Let's just look at the Sabbath. It, it, it's, one of our, it's one of our commandments. We're supposed to take a day off. God created the world in seven days. He, he, he took a rest. You know, he tells us to take a rest. He tells us to take a rest so we can take a rest, focus ourselves, and then get back out into the world rested to do God's work. But now we live in a society, and we used to have that by blue laws. That's what I'm talking about when the country was founded on Christian Judeo principles. We, yeah. we had Sundays off, and the government said, you know what, we're, we're going to stay here. We want these people to honor this. Yeah. But now, however many years later, the government says, well, you know what, we're going to let people work on Sundays, but we're going to give them time and a half. Well, now it's not even a time and a half thing. Now it's just part of your work week. Mm -hmm. And my thing is, is we have literally been taken to a point where, okay, we honor one of these godly principles. And now we're having the same situation how many years later where there's pastors out there or there's Christians out there that they don't take a day of rest and they think because I'm working a seven day week, I should probably even get more money. Yeah. It's like, no, it, we, we've taken everything away from honoring God. Yeah, even religion is, as far as has been turned into the rat race, whether you know, it's yeah. for the American way of doing things. Yeah. That's definitely something that, yeah, for sure. Like they, people get wrapped up in it, which is another a great another great point yeah. as far as you know what we've seen in the last twenty two years uh, since I think the last time our country was somewhat together. I think it was dividing, but that moment definitely brought people together. And now some people don't even know if they believe in that topic. But that's another uh, episode for sure. <laughs> if nine eleven was actually you know real or orchestrated and all that kind of stuff, but 
Yeah, fun stuff. I just think that's what's being taught. Yeah. And because us being so hyper-focused with our faces in a phone and and, and worried about what everybody else is saying, we're we're letting our... We've allowed our kids to be taught. We've actually allowed our kids to be taught by the government because the teachers are run by the government. We've allowed our kids to be taught by the government. And they're being taught some pretty, pretty bad stuff that wasn't being taught 21 years ago. I mean, it, it's, it does tie around 9-11 because we're going into such a place that I think that I'm worried about your generation even or anybody right. behind you because we've, we've gotten to this place in our country we're going we're gonna to remove history. Like, are your kids even going to know how important 9-11 was? Yeah. Or are they going to be taught more about gender confusion? Well, what, where are we going? It, you know? Yeah. It's and important to know that that happened in order to fix it. But we teach our kids that a 9-11 yeah, wasn't such a big deal. Yeah, history is like the biggest, the most important thing that we need to learn about. And a lot of people don't. Like, oh, the topic. When you were in grade school, you'd always hear, you know, I'm just really not that into history. Well, you know what? It's not really about you wanting to be into history. It's important. Yeah. It gives you wisdom. So in 300 years from now, we don't do the same thing another society did and saw it fail. Exactly. And that's how cultures that don't appreciate history or want to learn it, have them be part of what they have, how you tend to repeat yourself and make it worse than it was before, and you could collapse an entire country. Absolutely. And it's very, very important, especially where, you know, people's entitlement comes into play, all these things. And if you take away history, then there's a direct incentive, like you were talking about the government, too, where they're going to imply what they want you to learn to get you to do what they think is best for whoever's controlling that power. You know, and it's not like a literal, like, you and I are being conspiracy theorists. Oh, the government's running everything. No, no, no. It's, it's just we know that the state runs the schools. Their agenda is coming from the government. Yeah. We, those are facts. We're not going outside any set of crazy lines, I would say, on Follow this. Follow the money. Follow the money. That's exactly what happens. These are the influences. And, I mean, I've decided to homeschool my children for, uh, for some of these reasons and then other ones, just personal reasons that my children and things that they've gone through with being military kids and how we, me and my wife, want to progress and how uh, our conversations had gone to be like, hey, we want to make sure that they are aware of you know, a huge topic as 9-11 or don't have a distorted view or an unbiased opinion about World War II and the Holocaust and, and, and things that you know everyone should be learning. And that way you have knowledge on not repeating certain things. And just have more of an unbiased view on all of history to placate. I know that you know the Victor always gets you know the, the the book written in their their point of view, but I think for us to make sure that we're given you know because I, when I went to England, I lived there for three and a half years. I definitely when I talk to Europeans on we start talking about World War Two, we just we all have very different takes on Absolutely. that and who really were the um, you know the the strong force behind the victory and all that kind of thing and how how they felt about it. Um, but yeah, I guess we could switch topics here to round out the show. Um, we'll go into more of a fun topic now. Not so serious. It's a little fun. But aliens. 
Yes. Yes. Space exploration, aliens, UFOs, UAPs that are being spotted all over the globe, mostly near nuclear sites, um, whether that be in Montana, uh, off the coast of West Virginia, California, space shuttle programs, all these different things. Anyway, these are being now reported by the U.S. military, predominantly Navy pilots and some Air Force pilots as well. And now they have a whole chain of command that they can route up this stuff where there wasn't anything like that beforehand. Um, so drones have become part of like a, you know, a big new thing in, in the last like you know, seven, eight years, maybe even a little bit more as far as battle and war. And we could simply, with these, some of these UAPs that are in these YouTube videos that are going at astronomical speeds that we shouldn't be able to do at this point in time, and they're being reported by um, high-ranking officers in the military. Like, so this is not like, you know, Bob down the street and his little, you know, wind wind propeller yeah, yeah. plane. This is like a real a real officer in the military saying, "Yeah, I saw something. It changed directions at the speed of light and just yeah. hightailed it out of there." What do we think of this? Like, the, okay, and then it goes, you know, to Congress and all that kind of stuff. So maybe some of your childhood thoughts, visions, things that you thought about aliens your whole life. I don't know. Talk about anything or just like literally some of these stories that are starting to peek out everywhere too. Tell me what you got. I just, uh, I, it's such a whack thing. All right. And, and I will say again, like as a Christian, you know, it's like, you know, do we spend time wasting our mind on things like this? And I say, why not? <laughs> you know, it's like, it's fun. It's cool. We have no idea what's out there. Yeah. Um, and I do, I, I do believe, uh, me and Marisa love watching that stuff. It, you know, like on uh, Discovery oh, Channel yeah. and all that. And, and this stuff that you see that you can not explain. And, and back again as a Christian, I mean, I'll probably get beat up for this one but like I have this picture of heaven as like being that scene in, in, in the Star Wars the first Star Wars when they all end up walking into that multi-galactic bar you know uh, and there's yes. like a million <laughs> different and they're all like what the hell is different going races, on yeah. is this Aliens like you know it's like <laughs> I, I just think it'd be hysterical you know you go to heaven and be greeted by Chewbacca yeah. And it's like, we don't know, you know? And it's like, I, I go by the Bible, and that's what, what I go by, you know? And that's how we live, and that's how we've learned to live. But I don't see anything wrong with letting your mind go to a place because we don't we don't know what God knows. It's fun, and yeah. I think there's stuff out there. There's a lot of vague topics in Genesis, let me tell you. There's <laughs> a lot of vague statements that could fill, possibly. Here's what I think, Okay. So I'm going to connect the dots here because this would be like a total like Christian connect the dots thing. So it's like, you know, I'm supposed to be little Christ, like Christian means little Christ. So therefore, I'm supposed to think like Christ, not saying I am Christ or God, but let's just say I'm supposed to be Christ-like. If I was a God, I'm not, this is just being funny, would I create so much matter in the universe where there's, you know, solar systems upon solar systems, stars, billions and billions of galaxies, and it seems never-ending. The more research they do, the more they find. Yeah. And, and we look at the night sky, and you see all the stars up there. As long as what we're following is true, and I'm, that's what I'm building you know, my uh, idea upon, but why wouldn't there be more life? Like, if I was a god, 
why would, not that why would I make one, but you know, if they couldn't reach each other and I was putting, you know, a universe together, I'd make a ton of different civilizations yes. and I'll be following God. Like I don't think that's a too crazy of a thing to say. And I don't think we all know, but that's always been my thing. It's like there could be aliens. I'm not saying there is or you know, even these sightings of these UAPs and UFOs that like they could be something that we have technology with. It could be the Chinese, the Russians, whatever, whatever, whatever. But what I'm saying is if there was, if I was a God, I would do more than one thing. So since I'm Christ-like, maybe he would do the same thing. I think so too. <laughs> I think there could be, um, there could be galaxies of different Bibles out there. You yeah. know, like the book of, you know, like who knows? <laughs> yeah. It's like, who knows what, what's out there, you know? So, um, and, my point behind it is who cares? At the end of the day, it's just a fun topic to think about. Okay. And that idea is like, who cares if it's real or not, whatever. I think I aliens, you know, like a lot of the stuff that I see, you know, the world is more water than anything. Mm-hmm. And I think that people do talk about that now, like there's parts of the ocean, but doesn't that seem like an obvious well, I, place? I had uh, right? Doug on the podcast talking about clam aliens. That was one of yeah. his things. He said, right. he said, wouldn't it be funny, this is his quote, wouldn't it be funny if there was a civilization of ancient clams that lived on the bottom of the My ocean God, that's awesome. and they had, they, they died out, but they had these drones in the air that were surveilling the earth. And while they died, it's like a million-year-old civilization that lived on Earth previous to humans, and they'd be, you know, swarming around. That's all we're seeing is not re- we're seeing old technology. They're they're not manned; they're unmanned drones, and they're just moving around recording stuff. But there's no one actually <laughs> controlling them at all because they've all. Di- that was Doug's topic. As was- that sounds more of a. Um, that sounds like more of a. A fungus um, conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. True, yeah, but yeah, we had, we had a few drinks on us, that's for sure. But the uh, yeah, that was why the name of the episode. If you want to catch that one, it's called "Clam Aliens and Hobbits." That's awesome. But uh, yeah, that that was a uh, it was a funny topic. And then we actually Googled after if the, anyone had started that archetype of like a you know a thought or idea process. I don't say book or TV show, but like something. There was actually results on Google about clam aliens and Get out yeah. Of here. So it was kind of funny that we you know. Maybe subconsciously we saw it somewhere, and then he kind of just started talking about it. But I doubt it. Probably was an original thought for him at that moment. <laughs> I wonder if they have little necks. <coughs> Get it? Little, yeah, little, little necks. Yeah, little neck clams. They're probably a little clammy too. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I think in I think it's really cool that we're finally putting maybe a space station on the moon. Um, that's a project that's going up soon. It's actually within a week. They just had actually the relaunch was. Well, the launch was supposed to be today, but their first like trip back to the moon. I don't, I'm not even sure if it was like had people in it on this one. I have to look into it. But as far as Elon Musk going to Mars, um, NASA working closely to get back to the moon and actually putting a space station. Who knows why we took a 40-year hiatus from doing this after we went to the moon. Um, I don't think there was anything to see. And, uh, I guess not. But I guess <laughs> I'm still... The, the dark side of the moon always has perplexed me and wondering what why we don't talk about it or like there's not a lot of information about it all that kind of stuff and then if it's you know if there is information on it is it real too i mean that's was it neil armstrong right he was the first guy to stand yeah he was the first worm to go on the moon yeah i always picture him like like that you know that 
um, Halloween episode of Charlie Brown, you know, where he opens up his thing and he goes, I got a rock. <laughs> I always get the impression like Neil Armstrong, he steps out in the moon and just goes, I got a rock. It's, it's like there's nothing here. What the heck are we even here for? You know, <laughs> spent all this money. Oh, the gravity's terrible. I, I, rock. Jump up my, I found a rock, Mom. That's what I got here. <laughs> but I'm famous, thanks. <laughs> Anyways, sorry. No, no, I, it's a good point. It's, it's actually a really good point. <laughs> Neil Armstrong. I mean, I think it's kind of cool if we actually had a space station, but why, why were we avoiding it for so long as far as... I mean, because the solar system and the galaxy of the universe is so unpredictable that an asteroid at any time could wipe us out. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, you know, if it's that unpredictable, why wasn't there such a big sense of urgency? But maybe the technology wasn't there, so maybe they just, oh, well, we couldn't figure it out. And so we just put that away for a little bit, waited until the technology got better, and then re-explored the idea of putting stuff on other planets and moons, which would be kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen the photos to the Webb Space Telescope as far as like the galaxy universe photos that they took? No. no. Oh, very cool. I'll show you them after after the show. But they're unbelievable. So the Webb Space Telescope um, launched last year near Christmas or New Year's Eve, and it just got there a couple weeks ago. Um, so it took almost six months just for it to open up and start That's operating correctly. Crazy, yeah. And it's finally starting to take pictures of different uh, parts of the galaxy, which is pretty sweet, if you ask yeah, me. Yeah, I haven't followed. I, I love that stuff, but I haven't followed. Here, let's get a live reaction. I'm just going to show him a picture of it right now. It's pretty unbelievable. They have their own Instagram page, which is the NASA Web Telescope. If you go on there, I'm sure it's the same on Facebook, but they even have new photos of Jupiter and... These are, um, and so how, how it kind of works oh if, when you're looking at these photos is it's looking at the past. Um, when you're taking a photo of light that hasn't gotten to um, your eyes, it takes a very long time to get there. Mm -hmm. So when you're actually looking at these photos, it's the deeper you go into space, the light that you're actually going to receive eventually will be the beginning of time. Is kind of should how it should work. Wow. Um, that was probably a terrible explanation, but this is a picture of um, Jupiter. And you can really see the the sun dot, but they did it in like in a I forget what it's called a. That's crazy. The uh, great red spot. That's the name of the little spot there. And then it also has light rings around it too. I wonder if yeah, you can see it on this here. Jupiter does have some some rings and a lot of moons. And some of those moons have they're usually like ice capped and they have water on those on those moons. But that's really a lot good. different than that. Cardboard cutouts that we used to look at. Well, they used to look at in school, the stone tablets you guys used to get. <laughs> but those are pictures of like actual galaxies. It's like fireworks. Unbelievable. Unbelievable stuff. So, yeah, head over to the NASA web. That's a blue check mark. It's pretty dope. That's the actual telescope right there. It's huge. And then deployed, I don't know. But this was the, this one's cool. It shows you what it was before. Uh, oh, actually, no, this is not the one. That's like a musical one. Here it is. This is what the old photo we wow. used to have. And this is the new photo of the new telescope. That's crazy. Huh? Unbelievable how... Definition all over the Yeah, time. over time, over like 30 or 40 years. I forget what the old telescope was called. That thing's still going beyond the solar system till it dies taking photos. I think it's outside the solar system. It has been for about five or six years now. It's the original one that took pictures of pretty much all the planets. Hubble. Yes, Hubble. There it is. We figured it out together. Yeah, Let's I go. <laughs> so pretty much aliens are real. And uh, that's it. I think we have 45 minutes. That should be good. 
for an episode. Sure. Why not? Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. We just pounced it. <laughs> if you're still listening after all this, you're welcome. It was a, it was a great time. <laughs> We had fun. Thanks for coming on the show, Chris. Hey, thanks. Uh, take care. Thanks.